All right. So um, today we're going to the fourth class in the No Solar Our Home Astral City series. We're going to go through chapters uh, 8, 9, 10, 11, and 13. We did 12 in a discussion of the lower zones already. And um, we'll learn more about the administrative structure of the astral city, the physical layout of the, of the city, which is actually mandalic, and very much like a six-pointed star or seal of Solomon. But you can see that uh, a six-pointed star like Israel or like um, the, the seal of Rempam, or some people talk about that as a Babylonian, um, wasn't always used by the negatives. <laughs> Isn't always used by negatives. I mean, uh, the negative entities and occult groups uh, co-opt the meaning and the usage of sacred geometric forms, commonly, normally, by, by standard design, standard method they do. So we're going to see the layout of the city, some of the administrative um, processes, uh, some of the historical dynamics of the city and things that have happened there, and um, the nature of work, and uh, some principles about what's needed, uh, what, what is sort of required or um, strongly recommended to the inhabitants of the astral city for their own evolution um, and their continued residence in the city. So uh, we'll start with chapter 8, and Brent, you can... Pick it up right here if you like. Okay. Um, I've also supplied the link once again um, for those that are following along and haven't downloaded the, uh, the link, the PDF file for the Astral City book. Uh, if you are following along and you want to do it online instead of uh, having a download, it's right there. And uh, we'll start with Chapter 8, and that is on page 41 at the top. For the first time after some weeks under intense treatment, I ventured out in Lysias' company. The sight of the streets impressed me, the wide avenues bordered with shady streets, uh, which stretch out before us, were filled with pure air and an atmosphere of profound spirituality. We are now in the district of the Ministry of Assistance. All the buildings and houses are either institutions where the activities of our jurisdiction are carried out, or home for our working staff and instructors. This is Lysias, of course, explaining to Andre. In the ministry, patients are assisted, prayers are heard and sorted, earthly reincarnations planned, and rescue groups promoted on behalf of those inhabiting the lower spirit zones or suffering on earth. Here, all problems related to human suffering are examined and solutions studied. Andre asks, so there is a ministry of assistance in Astral City? Lysias says, and why not? During our collective prayers, didn't you notice our governor surrounded by his 72 assistants? They are the ministers of the Astral City, the colony whose purpose is essentially work and accomplishment, and is divided into six ministries, each under the direction of 12 ministers. The six ministries are named Regeneration, Assistance, communication, elucidation, elevation, and divine union. The first four connect us with Earth. The other two link us to the higher spheres. Our spiritual city is really a transition zone. 
the, coast, the coarsest, most material activities are carried out by the ministry of regeneration. The most sublime is the ministry of divine union. Clarence, our friendly instructor, is one of the ministers of assistance. I never imagined the possibility of finding such a complete organization after death of the physical body. Yes, the evil of illusion is very dense in the spheres of the flesh. The average man is unaware that all manifestations of order around him proceed from higher planes. Every useful organization in the material plane has its first roots in higher spiritual worlds. But does the astral city have a history like the great cities of Earth, Andre asked? The Astral City is an old settlement founded by a group of distinguished Portuguese pioneers who, after passing on, settled in the spirit planes over Brazil in the 16th century. According to the annals of our colony, these settlers at first encountered tremendous and exhausting difficulties here. There are obstacles in the invisible zones close to the earth just as there are on the earth itself. The area where dedicated vibrations, or delicate vibrations, and majestic buildings now abound was also peopled with other more primitive inhabitants whose architecture reflected their elementary minds and who filled the atmosphere with their undeveloped thoughts. Still, the founders did not lose heart. Only they substituted persevering work, brotherly solidarity, and spiritual love for violence, war, and slavery. Skipping to the next page. Here, where the government house now stands, the settlers placed the cornerstone of the colony. This square is the converging point of the six ministries I told you about. They start at the government house and stretch out in a triangular shape. Our devoted governor lives here. A staff of 3,000 individuals assist him in his administrative duties. He is the most earnest and untiring worker in the colony. Only the governor has no leisure time whatsoever. While he insists that we take periodic vacations to rest, he himself works ceaselessly, sacrificing even his sleeping hours. It seems he finds his reward in never-ending service. I have been here for 40 years, and except for the collective prayers, have never seen the governor take any public entertainment. Only a short time ago, we celebrated the 114th anniversary of his magnanimous administration. Okay, skipping on to chapter 10, and let's see, that is on page 48. Um, Clarence decides, or not Clarence, Lysias decides to take Andre to visit the water park. Let's go, he suggested, and see the colony's great reservoir. There you will have the opportunity to see some things that will interest you and learn the importance of water in our transition settlement. A large vehicle approached floating about 15 feet above the ground, filled with passengers. It descended like an elevator. It seemed to be made of very flexible material, and judging from the number of antenna on its roof, I guessed that it was connected to invisible wires. Later, when visiting the large working plants of the colony's Department of Traffic and Transportation, I found that my suppositions had been right. We climbed in, settled into comfortable seats, and the Airbus started silence. Uh, court right here, keeping in mind, um, this was written just prior to World War II, so um, his description of the Airbus is really quite interesting considering it was a um, lighter-than-air vehicle and uh, was obviously being controlled by um, probably some sort of wireless power supply. 
Let's see. Um, moving down the paragraph a little, we traveled at, this gives you an idea of the size of Astral City. We traveled at such a speed that I found it impossible to discern the details of any of the constructions that we passed. Stopping briefly every three kilometers until 40 minutes later, Lysias informed me that we had arrived. So stopping briefly every three kilometers, but they traveled very rapidly. And, and, it, and it took them 40 minutes to get to the water park. The scenery before my eyes was, very, was of exquisite beauty. The woods were in bloom, and the fresh air was filled with a gentle aroma. It was all miracle of colors and lights. A great river wound its way leisurely between green banks sprinkled with blue flowers. Wide paths cut through the woods in different directions. Here and there, fancifully shaped benches invited one to rest. This place is called the Water Park. It's one of the finest regions of Astral City and a favorite meeting place for lovers. They come here to exchange sweet vows of love and fidelity for their future experiences on Earth. Pointing to a large and imposing building, he explained, that is the colony's water works. The waters of the Blue River are drawn into huge compartments distributed to every district in the colony. Beyond the grounds of the Ministry of Regeneration, the waters converge again. The river then flows along its ordinary course toward the great ocean of substances, invisible to the earth. As a matter of fact, water here has quite a different density than that on earth. It is much lighter and purer, here almost fluidal. The great ocean of substances. It sounds very interesting. Which ministry controls the distribution of water? Andre asked. It's one of the rare material activities under the Ministry of Divine Union. On Earth, very few people recognize the importance of water. Here, in the astral city, our attitude is different, and our knowledge of the subject is far greater. Being more deeply acquainted with the properties of water, we know that it is one of the most powerful vehicles for all fluids, whatever their nature. Here, water is used especially for nutritive and medicinal purposes. In the Ministry of Assistance, you will find several departments entirely devoted to mixing pure water with certain elements drawn from solar rays and from spiritual magnetism. The water thus prepared is the basis of our diet. The ministers of Divine Union have reached the highest degree of spiritualization. Consequently, they were allotted the task of the general magnetization of the water of the Blue River to purify enough so that it might be used by all the inhabitants of the astral city. After the ministers of divine union cleanse the water, various institutions carry out specialized work of endowing it with nutritive and medicinal substances. On earth, I remarked, I never heard of anything like this. Man is inattentive, Lysias continued. For many centuries, the sea has kept his environment in balance. Rain has supplied him with food, and the rivers have been vital in the formation of his cities. Water is the principal and most important element to, in his physical body. Yet man goes on thinking himself the absolute master of his world, forgetting that he is, before any other consideration, a child of the Most High. He will understand that water in every home absorbs the mental characteristics of its inhabitants, and the physical world my friend, not only does water carry away the, re the residues of material bodies, but also becomes impregnated with our mental vibrations. It can be harmful in wicked hands, 
useful and generous ones. When in motion, its current spreads the blessing of life and acts as a vehicle of divine providence, absorbing man's bitterness, hatred, and worries, cleansing his physical home, and purifying his inner atmosphere. Now we'll go on to chapter 11. This is learning about the structure, continuing to learn about the structure of Astral City and the breakdown of the necessary abilities needed to work in each ministry. Okay, uh, that's on page 52. The ministries of the city are vast centers of intense work. A thorough inspection of any one of them would take several days. Skipping down. Lysias, my friend, can you tell me whether all spirit colonies are like this one? Do they adopt the same characteristics? Oh, by no means. Here, as on Earth, Creatures are grouped according to their common sources of their origin and the goal in view. Collective experiences vary among one another. We are only one example of such colonies. According to our chronicles, our predecessors often sought inspiration in the work of the devoted workers of other spheres, just as settlements in formation now seek our help. Nevertheless, each organization possesses essentially unique characteristics. And did the idea of the division into ministries originate here? Yes, it did. The pioneers of the Astral City visited New Dawn, one of the most important spirit colonies near us, where activities are distributed into departments. Our founder adopted the system, but substituted the word ministry for department, except in the case of the Ministry of Regeneration, which, which only obtained its promotion under our present governor. Their idea was that the organization into ministries is more meaningful in a spiritual sense. Our colony, stro colony strongly stresses the principles of order and hierarchy. Merit is the only standard used to evaluate those who may be assigned to prominent positions. In 10 years, only four spirit entities have been granted missions of responsibility in the Ministry of Divine Union. As a rule, after long periods of apprenticeship and service, we reincarnate to continue our struggle towards perfection. When newcomers arrive, showing a response to brotherly cooperation, they are lodged in a district of the Ministry of Assistance. If, however, they are recalcitrant, they are taken to the Ministry of Regeneration. As they begin in time to improve, they are then admitted as helpers in the services of assistance communication, and elucidation in order to prepare themselves for their future tasks on earth. Page 20, page 54. Our time here is spent in round, a round of active work. The work in the Ministry of Assistance is difficult and complex. In regeneration, it requires strenuous efforts. In communication, it demands a high standard of individual responsibility. In elucidation, it calls for a great working capacity and a well-trained mind, while in elevation, abnegation and spiritual enlightenment are indispensable. As to the missions of the Ministry of Divine Union, profound wisdom and sincere universal love are essential requisites. The government, in its turn, is the busy center of all administrative activities, and numerous services are under its direct control, including nutrition, distribution of electrical energies, traffic, and transportation. The governor, um, does he ever leave the government house? Uh, Andre inquired. Only one truly necessary. The one exception is his Sunday visits to the Ministry of Regeneration. 
the, the zone which contains the largest number of deranged entities because so many of the spirits there are still attuned with their unhappy brothers in the lower zones. Vast multitudes of transgressor spirits are lodged there. Our governor spends the afternoon on Sundays working with the ministers of regeneration and on many difficult cases. He sacrifices much to assist our distraught and suffering brothers. Okay, and that's the uh, synopsis of chapters 8, 10, and 11. Um, Scott, what do you think? Do you have? I'm sure you have some comments on uh, yeah. what we just read. Um, yeah, uh, thank you very much, and that's a very... Um uh, concise synopsis, I think, of these chapters. So bear in mind, first of all, that we've got um, an alternating um, speaker uh, between Andre, uh, Dr. Louise, asking questions of Lysias and uh, sharing his observations of what he's seeing, and then Lysias, his guide, giving answers and explanations and um, talking about the structure of the astral city and what they're doing. So we're going back and forth and back and forth in, in these chapters. And <clears throat> then discussion of the governor um, or Clarence and, and what other beings at higher levels of the city administration are doing. So uh, there's so many interesting points here. Uh, first of all, this uh, city has only been around for a few hundred years and that answers my question about um, earlier metaphysical traditions like Buddhism, Hinduism of cosmology in which uh, the presentation of Paraloka or the Loka, the, the realm between uh, death and rebirth uh, and um, the other aspects of Kamaloka, which represents uh, one of the three divisions of the seven planes of the octave, I think, where Kamaloka, Kama desire, is associated with third density physical and non-physical, seems to me. So third density non-physical astral planes, which are multiple levels, um, are uh, developed over time. So human history parallels the development of structures, institutions, um, places for experience on the astral plane. Now, upper astral planes are different than this level of the astral plane and may resemble more of an ashram or a sangha, um, maybe not as administratively complex with not as many souls as Nosolar and may not change historically in the same way as this level of the astral plane changes historically uh, in alignment with the space-time timeline. So <clears throat> this place was not developed 2,500 years ago, but in the last 500 years, uh, and there were pioneers <laughs> from Brazil, uh, Portuguese-speaking, who developed this uh, in the last you know 500 years ago, and um, <clears throat> put it together in the way they saw best uh, by modeling or working from the model of other w longer established astral cities or, or settlements um, at that level of the astral plane. <laughs> so it's very complicated. 
Now, first of all, you can see that some of what's shown here is um, not so different than um, human movies, such as Defending Your Life, which shows a very high organization of, uh, it's called Judgment City or whatever I think the name is, uh, but, you know, in a, in a fanciful, comedic setting, the movie Defending Your Life. Uh, meanwhile, um, you have here a very um, tight organization of six ministries, each <clears throat> being run by 12 ministers. That's your six times 12, the six groupings of 12, like I said, in terms of the 72 surrounding the governor or during that meditation that we saw previously. These six levels also uh, can surely be um, related to the first six chakras. And um, I wouldn't necessarily uh, make one-to-one -one correspondence, but certainly um, the six ministries or ministers uh, relating to the six points of the six-pointed star that we see in the movie version as the layout of the central part of the astral city definitely correlates to the advancement of consciousness uh, from chakras one through six to some degree. So regeneration as the place for um, those that <clears throat> deserve to be here but are not um, yet in their right mind. Uh, then assistance as the second bringing them out of um, a wounded stage mentally, spiritually, or physically as the correlate to mental uh, spiritual distortions yet unhealed in the first of the three phases that Ra talks about as what happens after death. After death, after life, being healing, life review, and preparation. So regeneration is associated with um, the healing. Assistance <clears throat> represents a post- um, lowest level healing, uh, further healing, helping, developing um, the, uh, the stability of a person to continue living and working and growing in the astral city. Communication, elucidation, very much associated with fourth and fifth chakras, or fifth particularly, elevation and divine union particularly related to sixth chakra. And so he said that the first four are connected to the earth, <clears throat> the other two linked to higher spheres. Uh, this spiritual city is a transition zone. You can say that this level of the astral plane is a transition uh, to perhaps um, higher levels of the astral plane in which the soul would be considered nearby harvestability, uh, as well as higher members, higher levels of the astral plane, which are purely, um, which are approaching formlessness or are more monastic renunciate. Uh, I uh, see them more as um, upper astral ashrams. And that may be where Dr. Louise's mother is or is preparing for, whether she's a wanderer or not. <clears throat> and so um, you can say that 3D space-time itself is transitional. Transitional from what? From the animal to the godly? from the physical material uh, to the spiritual, immaterial uh, fourth and fifth dimensions 
which are preparatory for six, which is quite different, which is preparatory for six, for seven, <laughs> which is again transitional to uh, leaving the octave, and so on and so on. Uh, and so we go from ministry of regeneration up and up and end up with divine union. Interestingly, also, <laughs> the highest ministry, divine union, um, is in charge of water, the lowest element necessary for uh, astral body survival on the astral plane. Right? We're talking about survival of the form of the vehicle of incarnation or, or beingness. You know, they're they're not incarnate; they're in astral, <laughs> in astralis, in the astral body form. But that too needs uh, some kind of a substance, an apparently physical substance, for maintenance. And that's particularly water, it seems, as the basis, right? That's why they're drinking soup all the time. They don't need anything more, but then people have desires for more. And I notice my time is running so fast here. Uh, <clears throat> but the highest and the lowest have the resonance, as we talked about before. So... Um, this was established a few hundred years ago. The highest member, or one of the highest being the governor, is the guy who works the hardest. And so in hierarchy is not negative. It's used by negatives, but hierarchy um, is suitable on the positive path at certain levels of development, social organizational development, uh, may well use hierarchy if it's based on merit, based on um, those that are more selfless, those that are more um, uh, committed to unconditional, you know, purification of self and service to other, service to all, and so oh, that's why the governor is a governor, uh, not because he uh, beats up the most people, but because he's the most selfless, and. The way to higher position in a positively oriented hierarchy is greater transformation of their own seven ray system. And so, again, I can't uh, do everything here in the ten minutes, uh, but it's um, very interesting. And the final point I'll make, which I could, you know, again, much, much, much can be given here. There, there are countless interesting points being made here. The final point. Um, is that development, there is a correlation between development of the astral and development of the physical, or development of human space-time civilization and its astral correlate. There's interchange. <clears throat> and ju <clears throat> just like you said, Brent, where here the book was written before World War II, talking about maglev, <laughs> or um, non-wireless you know—wireless communication, electromagnetic non physical transmission of energy and guidance to the transport of uh, the ships or what carries people around in the astral city. Uh, not everything that humans developed um, were given by ETs <laughs> or uh, mythical founders 2,000, 3,000, 4,000 years ago, but represent also inspiration in the minds of particular people in space-time who just came out of astral cities such as this. And um, it's part of the plan that a particular soul may be reincarnated in space-time, 
uh, planning to receive inspiration from teachers in, in the Astral City. And we'll see more of that as Brent goes on. So, okay, back to you. Yes, exactly. You know, it just shows inspiration can come from a lot of different sources. That's that's very true. Um, let's see. Yes, I guess we, yeah, we should carry on here. Um, uh, let's see. We're going to go to Chapter 9 now. That's just on page 44 for those of you following along. And this is going to cover, we're going to spend a little bit of time on this, only because um, it's. I, I grouped it separately because it deals with unrest in Astral City, a time when there was unrest, not currently, but in, in their history, about a hundred years earlier. And it's very important to show that, uh, you know, there was uh, some problems that they had to deal with, that, uh, you know, when you pass over to the other side, it's not just uh, all hearts and flowers and halos and sitting on clouds. I mean, there's different issues and training and education that has to be dealt with. So, we're, uh, let's see, chapter nine, down the middle of the page, Andre asks, there is no ministry of economy here, is there? And Lysias replies, um, that branch of service used to assume much greater importance here. Then our governor decided to reduce as much as possible the number of practices which might remind us of purely physical phenomena. Therefore, the activities of the Department of Supply were reduced to mere distribution under the direct control of the central administration. Our records show that a century ago, the colony underwent great trouble to adapt its inhabitants to the principle of simplicity. Many newcomers to the astral city, still imbued with earthly vices, insisted on the most extravagant accommodations, including sumptuous meals and stimulating drinks. Only the Ministry of Divine Union, owing to its inherent characteristics, shunned such abuses. Our governor, however, spared no efforts to put an end to the deplorable situation. The governor's request that 200 instructors came to us from very high sphere in order to propagate new theories about respiration and the absorption of life-giving elements from the atmosphere. Numerous lectures were given on the subject. Many of our own experts were against those innovations on the grounds that because the colony serves as a transition zone, it would be unjust and dangerous to submit new, newly arrived spirits to such drastic changes. They believed that such changes could cause serious damage to our patient's spirit bodies. But the governor did not give in. For 30 years, the lectures, illustrative examples, and technical explanations proceeded without interruption. 30 years, oh my God. Various eminent spirits uh, went so far as to formulate public protests against the governor's actions. During such crises, those who were against the change intensified their attack, yet the governor never resorted to punishment. Instead, would summon his critics to the government house in a fatherly manner, expounding on the aims and the benefits of the new programming, emphasizing its superiority and an efficient means of spiritualization. For the most obstinate, he would arrange instructive excursions to higher spheres, winning over a great number of them. After 21 years of persevering efforts on the governor's part, the Ministry of Elevation gave in and cut its supplies to the strictly necessary. The Ministry of Elucidation, however, took a long time to follow this good example, owing to the greater number of statistics-minded spirits working there. 
They were the most obstinate adversaries. Such impertinence even reached the point of arrogance, yet the governor's patience never failed. Having decided not to act alone, he attained the, the assistance of the highly evolved entities um, who guide us through ministry of divine union, and together they examine every one of the documents supplied by the ministry of elucidation. Dangerous disturbances were brewing in the Department of Regeneration, now known as the Ministry of Regeneration. Some of the less developed spirits there were caught up in the spirit of rebellion and those in the Ministry of Elucidation and acted simply deplorably. The atmosphere of unrest divided the colony, exposing the astral city to dangerous attacks from inhabitants of the lower zones. Such entities endeavored to invade our city, availing themselves of the breach of services of the Department of Regeneration, where many workers had been carrying on clandestine dealings in order to satisfy their undesirable addictions to food. The alarm was given. The governor maintained his usual serenity. He asked the Ministry of Divine Union for a meeting, and after listening to our highest counsel, had the Ministry of Communication temporarily closed. He ordered the dungeon of the Department of Regeneration prepared for the isolation of the more stubborn rebels. He admonished the Ministry of Education, whose impertinence he had withstood for 30 years, and decreed that any further assistance whatsoever to the lower regions should be suspended until further notice. He had the electric weapons in the city walls turned on so as to emit magnetic darts as a measure of defense. For over six months, the diet of the astral city was reduced to the life-supporting principles in the atmosphere and the electrical, magnetic, and solar elements in the water. Thus, for the first time, the colony felt the indignation of a kind and just spirit. The crisis was finally over. The government had won. The Ministry of Elucidation itself admitted its error, and the governor was moved to tears. The Department of Regeneration was promoted to a ministry and the city returned to its usual routine. Since that time, only the ministries of regeneration and assistance are allowed greater supplies of nutritive substances owing to the low spirituality of many of their patients. In all other ministries, the diet is limited to the essentials, according to the rules of the strictest sobriety. Nowadays, everyone agrees that the governor's apparently arbitrary imposition was a most valuable measure towards our ascent our contact with material things was reduced, giving rise to a greater spirituality. That's the end of chapter 9. Scott? <clears throat> yeah, that's very heavy. <clears throat> it's like a war in heaven um, between the inhabitants of heaven <laughs> yeah. not, and, and the negatives or denizens from lower zones just piled on or piled in or attacked or did what they could. But it was really... Um, fundamental division um, between the, the 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 various ministries <laughs> and even the leadership, <clears throat> because the leadership be the are these six ministries and the people between um, the you know the justice or the rightness <clears throat> of uh, bringing my desire my material desires with me versus renouncing them to be seeking higher pointing down or pointing up um, the uh, you know everything's perfect so they say in the law of one meanwhile this was a major problem <laughs> in the city 
at that time uh, where <clears throat> uh, you had ministries and uh, inhabitants who felt it was right to indulge their material type desires uh, or experience them. And I'm sure there were some cogent arguments from um, ministers, not only those in the statistics department, um, but, <clears throat> you know, Ministry of Elucidation, but um, others who had the view that there's nothing wrong, or we might have the view, or I personally have the sense, what's wrong with um, having sumptuous um, mansion and food? Well, um, there may or may not be a problem. It depends on one's attachment. It depends on the, the deep mind distortions that may or may not be associated with such an experience. The nature of the attachment. Wanting it, uh, there are levels of desire. <laughs> there are degrees of distortion in desire. There is intense desire that is highly distorted there is uh, intense desire that is not, dis not much distorted. There is weak desire that is highly distorted. There is weak desire that's not distorted. <laughs> and so I would imagine it's interesting how the governor called upon the highest ministry, Divine Union, uh, for support where they, um, they probably were the receiving source of the inspiration that led to the governor's decision, in fact, itself. Meaning, he did meditation, he got inspiration, he conferred with higher levels, who saw the dangers of um, allowing the people to have what they want. Uh, as particularly uh, strengthening harmful attachment to materiality and uh, countering the principle of simplicity. And this principle of simplicity um, is basically uh, one of the philosophical bases of um, the spiritual religious tendency of renunciation. You know, the, the monk, the bhikkhu in Buddhism has uh, basically robes and a bowl <laughs> to his name or her. And that's about it. They have robes, they have a bowl for food, and um, pretty much no other possessions, you know, ideally or originally. And, and so it's a simplification of material supports as a means of diminishing uh, attachment to material life and a transition, uh, a revaluation in mind to the reality that uh, greater value can come from spiritual engagement or um, deep happiness doesn't depend on material accumulation and the greater happiness is absolutely internal mental spiritual um, not associated with grasping um, or accumulation of form, of form and objects around us. <clears throat> so that that's very subtle. And um, this, you know, again, you can see how as their consciousness got into conflict, they were metaphysically vulnerable to negative entities or 
those that were even more harmful or really harmful from lower zones and how uh, even in um, even in a place of such uh, uh, such love light <clears throat> as the city is and was even though disordered earlier uh, they're gonna have they're gonna be positively oriented people with differing opinions and some are very stubborn and um, how do you know what's right well uh, that's why the governor called in you know um, the experts from higher dimensions <laughs> to explain what's going on in a way uh, to, to kind of support his decision to move out of um, uh, material astral form based support um, and unbridled desiring fulfillment uh, to that greater simplification of diet and uh, lifestyle. So it could go on and on. Brent? Okay. Um, okay. Um, let's see. We're going to go on now to chapter 13, the final chapter of the class. Um, that's on page 60 for those following along. Um, this is um, mostly about the entire chapter is about uh, Andre's desire. He's becoming stronger, healthier, and his desire for activity and work. He doesn't want to just, he's, he's, he's done exploring Astral City. He's done just walking around, hanging out. He wants to feel a purpose. But, um, and so of course he has to make arrangements to figure out what he can do. And so um, we carry on at the top of the page. We'll take it from the top and kind of jump through it. Um, and um, here we go. As I gradually became stronger, this is Andre, I began to feel again the need for activity and work. I, feel, I, I fully realized that I had missed excellent opportunities on earth and that my physical life had been spent along the wrong path. But on recalling my 15 years of medical practice, I experienced a sense of emptiness in my heart. I saw myself as a strong farmer standing in the middle of a field, hands tied, unable to work. Jumping down. But here, in my new surrounding spirit, doctors employ different methods, their chief textbooks being their own hearts and their basic treatment, brotherly care and love, even the humblest of nursing attendants in the astral city possessed far greater knowledge and possibilities than I, with all my science. Faced with such difficulties, I turned to Lysias as a brother. In reply to my doubts and hesitations, he suggested, why not ask Clarence? He never fails to ask about you and is sure to do his best on your behalf. I took the necessary steps to obtain an appointment. He would not be able to see me until the next morning when I was to go to his private office. I waited anxiously for the coming interview, and very early the following day I made my way to the appointed place. To my great surprise, I found three other people already waiting for him. The kind minister had arrived early, long before us, and was seeing to matters even before the important uh, even more important than attending to visitors and petitioners. After finishing his most urgent work, the minister had us shown in two by two. I was surprised at this manner of holding an audience, but was later told that the measure was adopted so that the solution of one case might profit not only the party involved, but also the others present, thus serving the common well-being as well as saving time. After several minutes had passed, 
I was admitted along with an elderly lady who was to be heard first. Right here as an aside, I'd like to mention I was kind of, I, I, I found it interesting that she, that, that there's an elderly lady there. I mean, I, I, I'm curious as to why she um, wants to appear in her spiritual body as an elderly lady when she can, or when they have the ability to change that uh, once they're there. But anyway, we can discuss that later. An elderly lady who was to be heard first. I have come to beg your intercession on behalf of my two sons, said the woman. I can't bear to be separated from them any longer. I have informed I have been informed that they are leading difficult lives on earth with no end to their tribulations. I realize that our father's designs are loving and just, yet as a mother, I can't help worrying and about and being anxious. Oh, let's see. Clarence looked at her with sympathy and kindness, but replied firmly. If you agree that our Father's designs are holy and just, what is left for me to do? I should be granted the means of protecting my sons on earth myself, replied the afflicted mother. In order to protect others, one must have grown in the spirit of humility and service. What would you think of a man who, anxious to provide for his little children, remained comfortably at home? Service and cooperation are laws created by the Father and no one may break them without causing himself serious damage. Has your conscience nothing to say on this point? How many bonuses can you present to justify your demand? 304, she replied. It is a pity, continued Clarence, smiling, that you should have been lodged here for over six years and should have given the colony only 300 hours, 304 hours of work. Yet, as soon as you recovered from your trials in the lower regions, I offered you a meritorious occupation in the vigilance patrols of the Ministry of Communication. But that was intolerable work, an incessant struggle against malevolent entities. You couldn't expect me to adapt to it. Clarence went on, after I found you a play after that, I found you a place with the Brothers of Support for redeeming service. Worse still, she protested, there's those chambers are always crowded with filthy creatures. I couldn't stand their swearing, their immorality, the squalor. Well, realizing your difficulties, continued the minister, I sent you to cooperate, or yeah, to cooperate in the ward of mentally disturbed entities. Can but can anybody but saints put up with them? I really did my best, but the multitude of raving souls is enough to scare anybody. Well, my efforts did not stop there. I then placed you in the Investigation and Research Department of the Ministry of Elucidation. But you, sister, probably impatient at my unwelcome interest, deliberately retired to the Park of Repose. I found that place unbearable, she said. I couldn't possibly endure the atmosphere of strange fluids, exhausting experiments, and harsh supervisors. Remember, my friend, resumed the devoted enlightened minister, that assistance has two inseparable companions, service and humility. In order to help others, we must first obtain the collaboration of benefactors, friends, and servants. Before being able to render assistance to those we love, it is essential that we establish currents of sympathy, without which no efficient aid is possible. The peasant who tills the soil earns the gratitude of those who enjoy the harvest. The workman who satisfies exacting superintendents, carrying out their orders scrupulously, is provided nourishment for his family. 
So you see, no average administrator can ever be useful to his loved ones if he has not yet learned how to obey and serve worthily. Let everybody keep in mind that all useful service belongs above all to the universal giver, and that it must be carried out no matter what difficulties or suffering may cost. What then would you do on earth if you had not yet learned how to withstand here? I do not doubt your devotion to your sons, but as it is, you would arrive there as a paralytic mother, incapable of rendering any efficient assistance to deserve the joy of helping loved ones, and we must enlist the goodwill of many of our brothers, whom we in turn have helped. If you give no cooperation, you cannot expect to receive any. That is the law. And if you, my sister, possess nothing of your own to give, you will have to turn to others for voluntary contribution. But how will you obtain it when you have not sown anything, not even good feelings? Go back then to the park of repose, where you have been lodging lately, and give the subject serious attention. We shall take it up again. The disappointed woman sat down, drying her tears. The minister then looked at me and said, Your turn, my friend. I rose hesitantly and approached him to present my request. Scott? <laughs> yeah, well, um, you know, maximal free will is given as much as the teachers or guides here feel um, the being is not hurting him him or herself or others. So she was not put into a jail. She was uh, basically given, you know, read the riot act or given um, some heavy teaching and then told to go away, go do your thing and think about it and we can talk again. That's it. And uh, <clears throat> what's striking here to me is um, the metaphysical reality that even in the astral plane or uh, in every incarnative situation, and I think this is the case uh, forever, <laughs> for unendingly, uh, uh, evolution is work. Work, work, work. And I don't like work, I'm lazy too. Or maybe you guys love work and I'm lazy. But um, it's pretty daunting, it's pretty uh, serious to see that um, the path proceeds by service and sacrifice. Now, that's where Ra's coming in saying, you know, service to others, service to self. Uh, now you can say that it's for these for souls at this level that have um, such a perspective needed or such a training needed where <clears throat> um, uh, sacrifice and commitment to others and going through suffering to do a good job <clears throat> to deal with difficulty and develop you know meritorious virtuous qualities where that's the norm and what <clears throat> in higher dimensions it's um, essentially different I would say it's essentially the same but uh, the environment is even more harmonious <clears throat> and more joyous in, it's um, an imminent joy in the very <clears throat> in the very light or photonic nature of dimensions above three and so this is still third density. Uh, it 
I would imagine, but but it is it was a very um, um, you know <clears throat> um, market or remarkable or um, pause uh, awe inspiring or uh, pause deserving for me to see uh, how much uh, the life here is work is continual work. Now, uh, the ideal is uh, continual work in joy, but one can't get to joy, uh, I know, in one step, the first step, but work through their issues. And you could see that all the jobs she was given were reflections of her own um, blockages and distortions. <laughs> so, <clears throat> um, she she had to give bonuses, or she had to earn merit by work to get what she wanted to visit her sons. Uh, she first started in the vigilance patrols. It sounds very much like Defending Your Life, the movie. Then the brothers of support uh, dealing with uh, swearing immor immoral uh, squalid beings. Then the ward of mentally disturbed entity entities. <laughs> and then um, work under the uh, hard asses of the Ministry of Elucidation, who are kind of like um, more, um, they're like uh, strict scientists, strict um, mentalists, and they don't hurt others, that's why they're there, um, and they're very orderly mentally, but there's probably some deficient love or they're very strongly wisdom over love and that may be the ministry for such beings at that level of uh, third density or on the way to harvestability that are leading with wisdom over love but she um, didn't want to obey them either but I, I think certainly at this level um, the, the whole paradigm of um, higher lower teacher-student uh, obey or rebel is critical. And so he even wrote, one of the sentences he didn't read was, the servant who obeys in the spirit of cooperation wins the goodwill of his master, his companions, and all those interested in his work. Uh, to make oneself um, worthy involves certainly some submission to uh, just authority to um, one's teacher or the teachings or what's really required and while I may feel some uh, rebuff at mm, this looks like uh, it doesn't look unfair it just looks like continual toil and it looks like you know wow what a drag man I'm gonna die and go to have to do all that uh, it's a particular level and for particular psychodynamics associated with with 3D souls not yet harvesting, or a certain lack of commitment to greater, the, the, the benefit of all. How much we have that, you know, <laughs> you know, who knows, right? Only, only, only your teacher knows, uh, or higher self knows, what we don't know about our own level and strengths and weaknesses. But certainly for this level of being, um, inculcating 
a spirit of self-sacrifice, which really may involve obeying, you know, doing your danda, as Nityananda would say, do your duty, uh, uh, social, interpersonal responsibility is a big portion of the learning. And um, it's a piece of work uh, to evolve, uh, and the work never ends, but the environment of the working um, becomes ever more blissful, and the basic condition of being becomes more joyous as well. And so it may still be work every incarnation, uh, all the way up to dimensions, including after the octave. But um, the condition of mind would be so expanded and so is, like the upper jhanas, like deep samadhi, the well-being is so great that there is not um, uh, resistance or uh, anger or self-pity associated with continual work. It's an increasingly joyous continual work. So, Brent, any final comments? Um, yeah, thanks. Um, and thanks for those comments. That was very excellent. Um, yeah, pretty much that's it. I agree with what you said. I appreciate your comments and your assistance. Um, next class, uh, we're going to do chapters 14 through 19 for those who are reading. Um, we'll go through Andre's um, appointment with Clarence and what Clarence has to tell him about working in Astral City. Uh, he'll get a visit from his mother and so he finally gets to visit with his mother uh, and they talk about uh, his family and what's going on there what happened to his father uh, he gets invited to Lysias's home um, and and meets Lysias's family and then there is a newcomer oh, and then he also gets to start some working uh, it's the beginnings of his working and um, comes across a newcomer to the Department of uh, Regeneration and uh, that has to do with some of his previous history. So it should be an interesting class, and basically um, that's pretty much it. I appreciate everybody that's uh, following along, and I look forward to seeing you all in the next class. Yeah, thank you, Brent, and um, <clears throat> I appreciate your doing this. Also, we're 50%, uh, uh, not 50, 25% uh, finished with the 50 chapters and the 12 classes or so of our series. Um, you know, I mean, this is... Um, we, even though we're talking about uh, mid-third density astral, uh, it's pretty high density teaching, I think. That's And that's one reason that I wanted this class uh, to cover this book, because like the movie, and the book even more so, uh, presents um, highly purified, undistorted spiritual teaching. This is, you know, th there's really not much distortion going on here at all like the raw material, <clears throat> like Buddhism, <laughs> like, you know, Ramana Maharshi. Uh, there, there's really not much confusion here at all. I don't see any. Um, they're talking about a certain level of being. From the most clear, light, um, spiritual, spiritual perspective possible, uh, the teachers at that level, this astral city level, explaining what this level of evolution is all about. And in many ways, um, the, pr the spiritual principles, the moral virtue, the virtuous, the, the principles of, eth of ethics and morality shown here, 
um, are A plus and are um, heart centered core principles for evolution in third density. Even if there are higher levels of the astral where things are quite different and there are lower planes and the lower zone where beings are all screwed up and uh, confused and angry and crazy, um, the moral principles that are being spoken here um, are critical to evolution third density. Uh, including for us wanderers who finish, may have finished their density long ago. Finished it in terms of evolutionary need to be here. Um, we, uh, you, you, can never, you can never get too much moral teaching. Because <laughs> it's hard, right? Because we, for as long as uh, we're in the octave, we're based in ignorance, avidya. And um, ahamkara is, uh, you know, is born of avidya. The, the sense of separative self, which is intrinsically selfish, um, doesn't end till we leave the octave, and can always benefit by higher moral teaching, which means do the right thing, do the right thing, do the right thing, again, 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 and it's a drag, but I see it um, as critically important um, because you know you get what you give, and the more love wisdom you give, the more love wisdom you get, and that's selfish. Um, but that's the law, and it's right. Uh, so, um, high morality and ethical ethical living is um, a, a profound demonstration of self-love, <laughs> of caring for yourself. So, anyway, um, thank you for being here. Thank you, Brent. It's getting better and better. And um, I hope listeners enjoyed it. Uh, take care of yourselves. See you next week, and good night.